with sound. Alright. What's up everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we're gonna be doing the brand new movie Zola, directed by Janiza Bravo, starring Taylor Page, Riley Keough, Nicholas Braun, Ari L. Stachel, and Coleman Domingo. Not to mention this movie was distributed by our Lord and Savior A24. <laughs> Uh, for those that don't know, it's our favorite distribution studio. So yeah, we were very excited to watch this film. Um, but before we get into it, obviously this is a very, very new film on theaters. I'm not sure if it's in any streaming services. It's pretty limited, pretty limited release. Um, so if you don't want it to be spoiled for you, don't listen to this episode. This is going to be a spoiler-filled chat, conversation, whatever you want to call it. So if you don't want this to be ruined for you or spoiled for you, don't listen to it yet. If you want it to be spoiled for you for whatever reason, go ahead. But you have the option to watch it first and come back. And I suggest you watch it. It's a pretty fun film. Pretty cool. Um, And it's something that is very unique in a sense. Um, But with that, before we get into it fully, Carmela, what are your expectations, context, your predetermined thoughts before the film? How did you feel about Zola before you went in and watched it? I felt very excited for Zola (laughs) before um, watching it. I had read the Twitter thread right when the movie was announced. Um, And before that, I had only heard of the story, but I wasn't there live on Twitter following it um, back in 2015, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, I read the Twitter thread just to, you know, uh, get myself like, kind of acquainted with the events of the story and just like the whole concept of making a film from a twitter thread was very exciting and of course like only a24 would like you know like fund and distribute a movie like this um so yeah i was pretty excited and then you know the trailer came out so the and the visuals already looked really cool um and i just was a fan of like you know the vibe they were going for and the way they were like translating the story. Um, What did you think of the story before um, like this movie was announced? Did you even know about it? And how did you feel after like watching the trailer and what were your expectations? So first off, uh, probably like first two seconds, three seconds of the trailer, already excited, you know, we saw the animation, A24. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, oh shoot, another A24 film. Obviously, I was very excited about it. But uh, seriously, like when I watched the the trailer and I saw that like it said based on the actual Twitter, th- I think it said something like that or it had some sort of explanation that like said, oh, it's from a Twitter thread. Um I, for one, was very excited because I was like, that's very interesting that, like, they chose this kind of story. They chose that kind of medium to get their inspiration from and and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, weird, like, (laughs) weird because it's, like, a Twitter thing. Um, But also very, I was very excited. And also, like, at the same time, I was kind of like, I was in my head, like, kind of like, oh, finally, because I feel like there are so many stories that come across Instagram, Twitter, Reddit that, like, could be movie worthy, that could be hold some merit to making a very fantastic film um but obviously i am sure that like it's so much risk going into like a social media story and trying to make that into a film um 
And that's why I was especially excited because A24 was probably the best studio to do that. <laughs> Maybe like Neon too as well, but like A24 is the one that's like, okay, they're the ones that could curate this sort of story into something something spectacular. Um, I, for one, didn't hear about the Twitter thread or read the story. I probably have like seen it in Twitter like 2015 or whatever when it was released, but I never actually read it. But I'm sure like it probably came across my timeline i just like fully ignored it um but like even when i heard that was about twitter thread or whatever i still didn't like read it um i watched the film and then we i uh my sophia read it back to us in a storybook fashion when we got back to your house Mm -hmm. but yeah i haven't read i didn't read the tweet the tweets before i watched the movie which i'm also kind of excited about because now we have two sort of perspectives of it you read it then watched it i watched it and read it so yeah i thought it was um i thought it was a fantastic idea and i i was already all on board because obviously it's 24 and the fact that like it was based off this story it seemed like it was going to be a good movie not to mention the trailer was really good um so yeah those are my kind of like my my thoughts before going into the film um so with that carmela do you want to give a little plot summary of the film before we get into it so, based on the viral Twitter thread posted by Isaiah Zola King, this film follows her story as she embarks on a wild trip to Florida with complete strangers. It's kind of long, but full of suspense. Whoa! <laughs> you said the thing! You said the thing! I, I said the thing! <laughs> um, so with that, Carmela, what were your opinion and thoughts of Zola? I really liked it. Um, I thought it was really good. I was, of course, curious to see how they would translate this kind of a short story because it's like a Twitter thread um, and translate that into a full length, you know, script, screenplay and film. Um, And I think they pulled it off really well. Um, literally everything, like the direction, cinematography, editing, score, sound design, all fantastic. And not to mention the acting. Everyone was superb. Um, I hope everyone in this movie gets like, you know, really interesting roles after this movie. Um, but yeah, I thought overall, like it was a really fun ride, I think. And I think it captured the spirit of the story really well, like as someone who, knew the story beforehand um i thought they translated like you know the overall vibe um and also i liked how they kind of switched things up inside the movie where there was like a part where they introduced um what's her name her real name's like jessica in real life jessica's like reddit thread um tell all or whatever and i wasn't expecting that so that was a really fun part where it like literally like interrupted the flow of like events during the movie and she's like this is my perspective and it was like super trashy and skewed um but it was hilarious um so i really love that and yeah i just think overall um yeah they pulled this off really well from like every angle literally um and we'll get into details later but yeah josh as someone who didn't know anything about like the actual story what did you think of this movie i thought it was fantastic to be honest really 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 good um even not knowing the story like watching the film i was very very 
like trying to figure out what happens next because because like in my head i was like okay so it's a twitter thread she's not dead like she can't she's no way she <laughs> yeah. died or is in jail because obviously she tweeted about it and i was like oh does she die does he die i was like trying to figure it out during the film and like also riding along with this film and having fun with it um but yeah it was fantastic i loved it a lot and um even like hearing about the story after the film i was like damn they got everything on point everything was essentially the same thing except for maybe the order jumbled around a little bit um and sort of the ending which we'll talk about later but yeah honestly when i heard the twitter thread afterwards i was like wow this they spared no like they spared nothing it seemed like it was on point every point of the every step of the way um and the and the point of it being like a twitter thread and and trying to translate into the film sophia even mentioned to me like oh i don't think like she even like went into it like thinking it's going to be not good because like there's no way that they're going to be able to stretch like a twitter thread into this movie and i was like well i'm just gonna have fun like i'm just gonna like watch it and see what happens I'm, i think it's gonna be good like before even we watched it but actually watching it, it was like fantastic and like you said direction cinematography editing score sound design like the theme the, the like the actors the actresses um the location the sets like everything literally everything was so good in this movie and honestly like it was a little bit too good like on it like <laughs> at, like what do you mean the direct like the, <laughs> the direction the cinematography and score is like one of my favorite things about this movie that it might go above like the actual story of the movie like it might go actually above the movie that i love that aspect of this movie so much that like I almost forget that the story is there, you know, like yeah. they could have, it could have been a terrible story, a terrible movie, but if they had these aspects of it, I think I still would have loved it just because I know myself and know how much I love like the aesthetic of things. So like, even if like the story was bad, I feel like I'd like the, the direction too much that it'll blur my vision. But even like that, the story was still really good and still my, in my opinion and stuff like that. Um, but it was just so good. Even like what the first like five to 10 minutes of the film maybe 20 where um it sort of introduces them and then the lights turn off around them and then it goes into the title screen i was like that's so sick i was like so <laughs> stoked already i was like that's so tight i loved how they did that like i i think i like left my jaw open i was like looking at you guys to see if you had a reaction i was like and i was trying to look at you guys like <laughs> you're just watching it. i was like come on i was like you guys don't notice this like this is so cool <laughs> i was come on guys come on <laughs> come on everybody that's funny um, yeah but not like not only that too like this this movie played out at like a storybook tale that was told through like a gen z slash millennial eyes and i loved it so much like it felt like i hate to use him as an example but it felt like a a younger millennial quentin tarantino kind of went into this film and they took out the gore the action of all that but like the stylistic choices of it of you know how the the font was how it appeared it felt like um it felt like an older movie because the way that they sort of had that font they had like that subtle gradient in the in the text and it fades in fades out and has almost a fantastical like soundtrack to go along with it it felt like an older movie but told through a modern eye i guess and it was so cool to me and i was just so like in awe with everything that this like movie came into and i was like just I was just so blown away by all that that like I was like this is kind of too good that like I feel like I'm being blinded <laughs> that this could be like a, a like the worst movie ever but the fact that it looks so good that it's like served on this silver platter that like it might blind my opinion of it <laughs> blinded by aesthetics um, I know yeah, exactly that's exactly what it is <laughs> but I mean yeah no I totally 
am in the same boat where like this movie was so attractive like in an, such an artful like way um that really speaks to our generation gen z um and yeah you can really tell like whoever was in charge of like you know the aesthetics the direction is very much in tune with like you know capturing the sort of like essence of what it means to kind of like feel like you're on like feel on social media I don't know like they really captured that really well um that it felt nostalgic but also very modern at the same time um I liked their use of timestamps throughout the film where they use the iPhone font um that was so cool and like the, the way that the font would go away is through like the unlocking sound yeah that was so good. <laughs> Dude, I know. And like, yeah, speaking of the sounds, the way they incorporated the phone sounds, phone alerts, and all that into the actual score was like fucking brilliant. <laughs> because obviously, like, like first of all, this movie is based off a Twitter thread, which takes like, which you associate with like a phone or whatever. And then second of all, the actual events of the movie, a lot of the stuff takes place on phones um, and very much like relies on these cues and things. So like the way they incorporate that into the actual score is like fucking just God damn it. Like, yeah, it's just like so good. Like, come on. Um, and yeah, like the, the alarmings, the notification sounds, alarm sounds like. It like when I was watching it, it almost felt like at first it felt kind of like a distraction, which a, a distraction and almost like an alarming sound that like you associate with like interruption. And it felt like an interruption at first, but as the movie started going on, it made a lot of sense for whatever for whatever reason. I don't think like those alert sounds actually like signified anything, but like it made sense to me, and like it started to like incorporate and be in tune with the movie as I was watching it, and it started to become something that I was used to, like hearing that sound in the film. And like also hearing the sound in, in real life, it was very much like incorporated into my brain of like when I hear it, what do I think? Or like what, what like how much of my mind goes to that sound and how much it transitions to like real life. It was just so interesting that they, they incorporated that. And not to mention they have like the fantastic sound design of um, what you're going to explain in a minute after <laughs> I talk about it is the sounds of, um regular activities drowning out and becoming almost like hypnotizing and the fact that like you forget that you don't even notice that like none of the none other sound is playing it's just that background sound that's creating that feeling that atmosphere when you're entering into a different scene and you've talked about these two things in our in the heights episode that you hated how they use these and those things are diegetic and non-diegetic sounds do you want to explain to the audience again what that is and also why you liked it in this movie so just to recap uh diegetic sounds are basically sounds in in a movie that characters can hear so like for example the radio is on and the character can hear the radio may, might be like singing along to it or something like that um and then non-diegetic sounds are sounds characters in the movie can't hear like aren't like really reacting to it's like notably just like sound in the background the soundtrack or something like that um and so this movie great example of the use of these two things um that seamlessly blended like from 
one to the other. Uh, I think one specific scene I remember was when they were entering that like really dingy hotel um, and there were kids bouncing a basketball on the second floor um, and they kind of bounced it in a sort of rhythm and obviously like that sound that's a sound that's a diegetic sound that's a sound characters can hear within the story or within the movie um but then the score comes on and it's like this kind of like uh droney like sound and then it the camera pans out and then you can still hear the pattern of the sound of the basketball like on the pavement but it starts to become like this rhythm and it becomes part of the score as the camera's panning out as they're entering this dingy hotel. So I was like, yo, that's fucking sick. I was like, dude, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, just that like, part, that, you remember that part, oh, right? Sorry. Yeah, no, because that part, I was just so hypnotized by that basketball sound that I didn't realize that they were talking or making other sounds that, um, that like you were supposed to hear, but they muted that. And it was just the hypnotizing bounces and the drowning, the droning sound in the back that like kind of like hypnotized me. And then I kind of snapped out of it realizing that like, Oh, that's the only thing we're hearing right now. That's the only like sound that's like happening. And I was like, Oh my God, like that's so crazy. That do, 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 do. (laughs) It's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Um, yeah. And then last thing I know we're like totally fangirling or fanboying on like the sound. Um, but last thing about the sound, I love the use of rhythm to set up tension. Um, and I think they literally used it in like a lot of the scenes. So very often, like with that basketball, like you'll have moments where it's just like this rhythm, this constant like beating um, or maybe this constant ringing, dinging of the alert. And it sets up this like pattern of tension because you'll hear that for a little too long and you're like oh god when is it gonna stop um but that's those thoughts are very subconscious they're things you feel within the movie it's not literally like oh my god the sound is so annoying but um i just love the way they use like these alert sounds and like other sounds to sort of set up like even like moments before like oh yeah like you're gonna get this crazy call from like x or like oh my god like she got a back page like reply or something like that. Um, and yeah, I think they just utilize this, the sound, the technology, like so brilliantly and so in such a clever way um, that I almost think it might be the best part of the movie for me. Not that the others are bad or anything, but I think the sound design definitely stood out the most. Um, but the, again, we're talking about like, everything if everything is good and i had to pick something that was like the best i'd probably pick the sound design um yeah did you ever feel like especially with the basketball scene like did you ever feel like a sense of like anxious anxiety yeah. no of exactly that? like, that's the tent that's okay like that's what the, you're talking about that's sort of the the okay i'm gonna kind of get technical here um another technical musical term this go is, off sis go off <laughs> So this is, this is something I learned recently, this thing called, I think it's in music, it's called fr- frison or frison. Um, it's like a French word. Um, and it's basically when songs use repetitive rhythms to set up like, in, like tension, basically. Um, and I think 
if we were to put a technical term to it, that's what was that's a lot of what they used. So whoever is the sound mixer, sound design, they are like an expert at that. <laughs> I know. I'm glad you said that because that's something like I was trying to figure out if there was like any technical term or like thing that I was feeling when it came to like rhythm becoming the soundtrack and becoming what I felt in the movie. Because it, especially with that, the sound design in this movie, it was so unique because like it wasn't using any like dramatic songs or anything. It was using the environment around it, the sounds around it to sort of magnify and like exhibit that sort of feeling and that sort of like anxiety or like um happy or sadness within the movie and it was very hypnotic in a way that like yeah. i was just watching it and just like waiting for something to happen but like at the same time not being bored and just kind of like waiting for it to happen like doo-doo, 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 and i'm just like waiting for something to happen and like <laughs> not like not even batting an eye of like they're not even really doing anything they're just kind of like unloading the car and i think that's another thing that they sort of use an advantage with this film, especially it being of a Twitter thread, like the fact that they couldn't use anything or the fact that it was based off a Twitter thread and they had to elongate it somehow or buy them time to uh, further the story. And they did a fantastic job of that because it's just it was just wonderful to look at. Like, I didn't even care if they weren't doing anything. It was just like hypnotizing and, and a great earful of sound to be experiencing while watching this film. And I was just like, yeah, that's okay. Basketball, <laughs> and it's just like this weird hypnotizing feeling of it, um, and like not to mention like apart from the sound design and all that, that like they this movie is based off a Twitter thread and based off social media and that sort of age that we live in today. Um, it was it was centered around that. Obviously, they had uh, the characters use their phones differently or use their phones as we would. Um, watch videos as we would and when we think about like social media smartphones and all that when it comes to incorporating into films it's always like such a boomer way of looking at it they like show it like a oh it's a poison to society it's a distraction that blah 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 it always is incorporated in movies in such a negative corny cheesy way of like okay like yeah we get that like smartphone social media may be a problem in certain aspects but also like it's the life we're living and honestly you're gonna, you're gonna have to get with it or not and like at first when this sort of incorporation of smartphones happens it's like oh yeah haha. but then after like what like 20 other movies doing the same thing it's just like okay like we get it like <laughs> it could be a problem at some point like it's it's very annoying and and the movie is obviously like made for, made by older people or had a vision of of how they view younger kids or younger adults in that sense. But this movie did a really fantastic job incorporating smartphones and social media in a way that like made sense, but also had this uh, like tongue in cheek moments in it. Like the way that like, um, I forgot his name, but the boyfriend, he was watching these stupid videos and was always like, oh, I'm gonna make videos like these one day. Or like, oh, that's so funny. Like that, that guy's crazy, I can't believe you did that. And it felt very natural. It felt like very much the time of they're living in. Like, it felt like I've heard someone say that. Like, the, oh, yeah. I'm make videos like this. Or like, um, that's really funny. That's so crazy. I can't believe they did that. Um, and the way that they used social media and smartphones in that way of making it relatable and also using the sounds that we're used to, like the phone alert sounds and the notification sounds and sounds just like made from the iPhone, it was very much a relatable thing in that sense of like, they understood what these sounds mean. They understood what that platform does. They understood like how 
people our age essentially react to these things and react to these videos and react to almost that like social media stardom that people want and people want to experience all in this film that is about this Twitter thread. It's fantastic to see it translated properly. You know, it's fun to see like it being actually how it actually is other than like, it's a plague to society. It was more of like, this is how life was lived in 2015 when this Twitter thread was made. And this is how it's used now. And I don't know. It, it's something that spoke out to me because like, I'm honestly just so tired of like it being <laughs> such a boomer look of like oh my god look at these kids doing nothing on their phones all the time ah it was more of like there was more less used like as an advantage in this film and of how they set up the scenes and set up the feeling of this film it's actually insane to think about as well even though we are fangirling again but still it's something i wanted to say (laughs) (laughs) no that's um yeah that's a really interesting point you bring up about how yeah like recently we have like you know, a lot of movies about uh, the terrors and horrors of social media and technology and phones, um, which are all very valid, you know, warnings. And, you know, I mean, like you said, you're like really tired of because it's the same critique. It's like that's not no one's saying anything new about it kind of thing. Um, but I digress. Anyways, yeah, I liked how natural like phones felt and like a part of me also thinks this type of familiarity is very niche and it's very like niche as in like only our generation or Gen Z, the digital eight, like the digital generation will basically get it. You know, like I think we're the only ones who will kind of feel this connection to the events of like how things unfold on like the phones in this movie um, and the sounds and our connection to it. Um, which unfortunately is like, you know, and you're comp- we're complaining about the boomers, like not understanding social media, but I don't think they'll will even understand this. They'll probably think, yeah, they'll probably think so horribly of this like story. They'll think the subject matter itself, like, you know, stripping is like a sin, you know, first and foremost, and then trapping, obviously, but like, you know, um, what's it called? But our generation, obviously, like, well, not everyone, but we get it, you know, we get, like, this type of, like, lifestyle, this type of environment, this, like, social, digital, like, space. Um, and this yeah. is, like... I think that's some that's something to, like, to applaud to the director again and applaud to that team because it's, like, they know their audience, right? They know that, like, boomers or people that are older us most likely won't watch this film. And also, like when it comes to A24, they kind of serve to the audience and serve to, to people like us and our age and people that understand it. And obviously, yeah, if like if my mom or dad would watch it, they'd be like, oh my God, oh, why is she doing that? Oh, wow, blah, 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 say these terribly offensive things and stuff like that. But like, honestly, again, it's something that I, I would assume A24, you know, the, the cast, crew, directors, everyone like that understood. And that's something that's fantastic. And I believe uh, the director is um, pretty young too. And um, I think she's our, our, around our age, I'm guessing. But yeah, again, like again, applaud to that to those to the people who made this film because obviously they knew who this film was gonna go to. So I think I have a question for you. So before, so you didn't read the thread, so you didn't really know what the subject matter of this movie was. So did you like have an idea it was about like stripping or anything like that? I had an idea, like, the trailer kind of said it to me. I didn't know it was about strip. I knew it was about, like, 
trapping, quote unquote, because I think they showed them on a bed or something like that and money being thrown. Yeah. I didn't know like that was sort of uh, their profession was stripping and the profession was them to like strip and then also trap for the most part. Uh, so like the subject matter, like I didn't know it was going to get into into depth with that of, you know, trapping and, and the realistic parts of it. And um, yeah, sort of with like, I think you put it in the outline, but you said like you really love the montages and especially the ones that had like 20 dudes having sex with this one girl and <laughs> th- that montage of like it showing that sort of subject matter was very compelling and interesting and I totally agree with that. Um, and I'm like not to bring up like what a lot of, I guess, movie directors and, and movie goers hate is that like the comparison between having this male director versus a female director and this f- director was a female and... I, it was very tasteful in that sense of like how they portrayed the women compared to the men and they sort of she sort of portrayed it really well because it's like the other side of nudity and the other side of like what people don't usually don't want to see which is which are penises um and the way that she sort of did that was perfect because it made a lot of sense as regards to the movie made a sense of regards to like the story and the feeling of the movie um it predominantly from a female standpoint and the idea of trapping was more or less focused on the disgustingness of males in that sense because obviously like the people that sort of the customers i guess that sort of trap aren't the best people and obviously they they have the worst personalities obviously and it's a wide range of people that want to take advantage of this girl essentially um and yeah, like like I said, it, like f- seeing it since it's a female director's eyes, it's a different viewpoint and a different and unique way of showing the ugly side of sex, which usually is <laughs> the male part. Um, and it was just fun to see that. And yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Very disgusting, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But how did you, how did you feel since you since you already kind of said you loved like and loved it in the outline? How did you feel about that sort of uh, montage? And how did you feel about how about like the stylistic choices and stuff like that yeah um i like how you you know what never mind i'll get to that later but yeah i i liked um yeah the creativity with a lot of the montages um there were a lot of scenes during the movie where you know they'd be dancing stripping um and then specifically this one where um riley keogh's character is like trapping and there's like it's like this whole montage of 20 dudes coming into the hotel room and they're just all having sex. Um, and it portrayed it in a very creative way. And it wasn't like, it, it didn't feel disrespectful, but it also didn't feel like overtly disgusting either. It was like, a, like oh, going through the motions type of thing. Like, okay, next customer, next customer, next customer. Um, like money, money, money kind of thing, which is essentially the goal. So, like, yeah, it was, like, really cool to see a scene, a sequence like that portrayed in almost a fun way um, with, like, you know, the, like, the rolling, like, frames and then, like, each frame of, like, the dude, like, what's it called? Falling onto the bed, falling onto the bed, falling onto the bed. Um, So, yeah, it was, like, really cool. And I think, and you brought it up and it was basically the difference between having a female director versus a male director. Um, Oftentimes we, 
you know what? Most of the time we have grown up, you know, watching the male gaze, I'd call it. Um, And the male gaze basically consists of like sexualizing women in a disrespectful or negative way um that sort of shames them not to mention for- not to mention like very very like overtly over the top like yes. it's very much like this is the part where all the guys go crazy kind of a thing or like a part where it's it's just there for sexuality sake or like sexualization sake of like look at this pretty girl in my movie kind of a thing yes like objectification hypersexualization in a bad light and then we as a society shame women for being all of these things that men seem to enjoy so you know breath of fresh air jan is a what's your name jan is a bravo like you know having a female like female gaze basically um portray women and this profession where women are using their bodies to make money and honestly it looked really fun (laughs) i was like wow like she's like so sexy she's so fit and she's like you know she seems to really enjoy it she likes her job um and then you know the trapping sequence it didn't feel like what's it called even yeah but like within the story and the situation what's her name riley keogh's character was kind of like like oh i'm like trapped inside of this relationship but then she was actually like lying to what's her name to zola and trapped her there no pun intended but like (laughs) um but yeah it didn't feel horrible it didn't feel disgusting like i didn't feel like you know it wasn't non-consensual i don't know anyways it was very compelling i liked the creativity within those shots within those montages and yeah i think that really set set it apart not to mention like um this movie is about like strippers and stuff like that and inherently like obviously most of america and most of people look down upon stripping look down upon sex work and stuff like that um and with this movie i felt like it was almost i guess lack for a better word humanizing strippers and trying to show their position and how they feel about stripping because obviously like most of america most of the people think like shipping is like a woman's like last resort of getting making money and stuff like that um along with sex work they a lot of people think like they're on their like last resort kind of a thing but i liked how it sort of painted zola's view on it i know like before she started stri- or started dancing it would become this scene of like what are you today zola what are you today zola what are you today and it's almost like um giving us a look of how they feel when before they start dancing and it seems like they're having a lot of fun it seems like they're obviously into it if they have this mindset of like who am i gonna act like or who am i gonna act like who am i gonna please who am i going to how am i going to make this money essentially and it was so cool because it was such like a different viewpoint of it and again since it was a female director it was so tasteful and it felt like um dancing and stripping was more or less just an occupation other than something that like they're on their last breath or last resort to do. Um, like for instance, if I, I'm imagining if it was through a male gaze, it would essentially like exhibit just the stripping part of it and like the sexy, the, the sexy part of it. And like the, the part that people watch and overtly like over sexualize these people, if it was through a male gaze and in in those strip scenes, but this time it was viewed upon like an actual occupation, an actual art form. And I love that. Like, 
the what do you today Zola what today's because it's so cool the fact that like she she was so passionate about dancing that she has these different characters that she may want to portray or make up or use to her advantage to make that money and dance in a certain way it was really cool and I really liked how that was represented in this film and how it was translated as well and especially with trapping too how that sort of translates along with like it, it's mainly the the disgusting people that go for trapping quote unquote and it's not always you know like this woman's fault it's not like this woman is like doing anything wrong it's just this, that sort of sex work that's looked down upon and what we should really look down upon is the people that sort of indulge in this and the ugly side of the viewer than the ugly side of the viewer apart from the ugly side of like the subject essentially and i really liked how that was translated in this film i like how you said that stripping it felt like stripping was portrayed as an art form and i 1000 percent agree um yeah this movie you know janet jen is a what the fuck oh my god jen is a bravo's um direction yeah really portrayed like the insight into like the perspective of like what it could feel like as an art form and i really like that part too and i almost forgot about it um because of like the crazy events but yeah i really like that part and like kind of those moments where they're kind of like just in this random hall of mirrors room thing um it was very abstract and i was like oh what's going on here like what outfit is she wearing this is really cool um but yeah i like you know i like that you as a male you know recognize all of these things and i just want to say i really appreciate that um that you notice even like are aware and notice like the difference between like you know the way women are portrayed in this movie and the way women are portrayed in like other movies directed by dudes um so yeah, good job. Good job, Josh. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I can hear the sounds uh, from your car <laughs> applauding me, or wherever you're listening, applauding mm-hmm. me for mm-hmm. my fantastic view. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. Thank you, audience. Oh I'll be here all week. I actually um, take it all back. Um, oh, we're, oh, you take it back? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, all right. Yeah, we're revoking everything. <laughs> we should remove move on the episode then, if you want, I guess. I mean, ruin my spotlight like that. I mean, I'm going to... Sh- sh- all right, all right, pretty all right. unique breed hey, if you ask me you know i don't know I just, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so next question how did you feel about the ending of the film um like your own personal opinion and also like comparatively to how the twitter thread ended how do you feel about the ending um yeah the ending of the movie was a little i i didn't know where it was gonna go because i was you know, watching it through the lens of knowing what happens in the Twitter thread. So I was kind of expecting um, more or less uh, kind of a wrap up. So in the Twitter thread, what actually what happens in the end is that uh, Zola, um, do they fly back? Yeah, they fly back. They don't like drive back. They fly back and then she gets a call from Jessica um, and she's like, hey, X is in jail for like murder and trafficking and then she's like murder and trafficking I don't know who this now I definitely don't know who that is you must have the wrong number I don't know who that is I don't know (laughs) and then she hangs up um yeah so but the movie actually ended with kind of them just riding off riding back home basically and it kind of ends there um and I speculate that I 
I think it ended that way because of legal issues with maybe permissions, rights to whatever, or like there's still an ongoing investigation happening somewhere to somebody. So I think that's that might be why the ending was a little abrupt. Um, but yeah, how did you feel about the ending, not knowing, you know, the end, the actual ending? Um, okay, so I'm going to lump up uh, the ending with uh, the next question, which is like, the next question was also, was was there anything you didn't like and wish they could improve, improve on? And I'm going to lump them up too, and we'll ask you it later, but this is something that I would want to improve on for the movie to improve on, um, is the ending. Just because like, uh, it felt very abrupt. It was very abrupt, and it felt like you had no sort of solution or further progress of Zola's story um like if you didn't read the twitter thread or whatever you just kind of thought like they wrote home and that's it like you didn't have any subsequent like consequences for ex's actions you didn't know what Zola did afterwards or what Stephanie did afterwards or the boyfriend either it was very abrupt it felt very open-ended in a bad way of like you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna what what happens next or whatever um that's kind of like one of my only gripes of the film was the ending just because like it felt very abrupt and comparatively to the Twitter thread, which ends in like them being fl- flown out. Um, Zola gets a call from uh, Jessica and you find out all this other things about that guy that she was just with. And you even feel the even more the potential danger that Zola was in at that time. This person being a murderer, trafficker and being someone that's very, very dangerous. And she was able to survive and, and make it out alive, essentially. Um, not to mention like the Twitter thread also sums up, you know, how they actually fell out or like how the outcome of Jessica and her boyfriend went. Um, and honestly the, the outcome with her boyfriend was kind of nice that she, that he kind of just met someone new and yeah. stopped thinking of Jessica. Cause it seemed like he was like in a bet- lack of a better word, like obsessed with their relationship and stuck in that sort of, um, terrible relationship and being stuck in that. Um, and it also gave like a fantastic summary of or fantastic tie-in for Jessica and X. Jessica's in jail because of X. X is in jail even further because of like his his murders and his trafficking. And then it's even it even punches home the fallout because Jessica calls Zola for help and Zola's like, I think you got the wrong number. Like totally like disregards anything she says and disregards any involvement of that. And it was just so fantastic to hear it in the Twitter thread and that, that I wish that like I wish they somehow translated that in the movie, even with like the potential hot water it may be in. Cause I know like, like you said, like they might've not mentioned it because of uh, investigation reasons, or it might not mention it because of legal reasons or, or stuff like that. So like, I do wish they somehow translated that ending better and tied it in more. Um, but yeah, I think that was like the only gripe of my, of the film was the ending. Um, but yeah, what what about you? Is there anything that you didn't like and wish they could approve on in this film? Um, yeah, I think I I definitely agree with you on the ending. Um, I think I was probably a little uh, I I felt it a little less because I personally knew what the ending already was. So I was like, oh okay, like uh, so I already had like reasons in my head like maybe they didn't show this because of X Y and Z. Um, so. Ah, uh, and then, I don't know, I, I don't think I had, I, I think I might be nitpicking at this point, because I didn't have any other major issues with the movie, um, 
Oh, I think I mentioned like outside the theater, I noticed a lot of the scenes took place like driving in a car. And I think it was obvious to me that they use these scenes to stretch out the movie. Um, But again, that's coming because I'm coming from a place where I read the thread. Um, But I don't know, maybe like, I know this movie or this story didn't really have like an encompassing like social commentary on anything um it was basically a translation of this crazy ass story you know and i think they just you know janice did that so well um i think if anything i might have wanted something like that some sort of like commentary but also i'm like totally good with what we got you know at this point yeah i'm just kind of nitpicking but yeah it's just nothing really, you know. I have no issues. <laughs> wow, you liked it a lot, huh? <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was fun. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I think we mentioned before the sort of there's little changes in the film, or little little changes to Twitter thread with the film. Like you have out of order events. Derek freaking out about Stephanie trapping and then jumping off uh, X's condo. The event of the hotel and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and even like for myself who didn't know of the thread and watch the film um i feel like uh i liked how they used um the derek freaking out and jumping off the condo but i wish that wasn't the ending like i said like i think the only thing that changed after reading the twitter thread was i wish the ending was better and it even like hearing the twitter thread after watching the film they, they spared no expense. It felt like the thread into a movie and it felt like they missed nothing. And it was so great and so crazy to like actually realize that after hearing the thread and what, reading the thread, it was just like nothing at all was very much changed. Um, it was pretty much based off the Twitter thread. <laughs> um, so I guess with, with, with knowing the thread and also watching the film, how did you feel about like how did you feel when you watched the movie and almost knew what was going to happen? Like it was almost spoiled for you in a sense. Like, was there any sort of emotion that you felt that like you wish that you didn't watch the thread or do you, are you okay with your viewing experience this first time? Um, honestly, like the changes kind of made the movie more interesting for me because they were unexpected. So I didn't really know like, what was going to happen. Um, I think mostly with the hotel room scene, like all of that was like kind of different, not all of it, but like the way things happened was a little different. Um, so in the thread, Zola is never inside the room, the hotel room. She's like out in the hallway, only overhearing everything. And so I understand the change that they made because they wanted to make that moment more dramatic and more impactful so they placed her inside the room in the movie and this guy like gropes her and then you know x manages to get the gun from the purse so um yeah so i totally understand why they made that change but and it made it more exciting for me because i was like oh my god what's gonna happen even though i know what's gonna happen but what's gonna happen (laughs) um so yeah I, i i don't have any issues with like the changes i like yeah, Derek jumping off the balcony towards the end, it, like, kind of made the ending a little, like, it was comedic, kind of. It was very comedic, I'd say. 
even though the, this guy's having like a serious like breakdown and then in the thread you find out he has like bipolar a bipolar disorder so i was kind of like ooh, like maybe i don't know if anyone's gonna read into that being like oh were they kind of like putting him in like a comedic light like oh this guy's like you know freaking out he jumped off of he did something crazy like jump off a balcony but he has this disorder and it's like oh should we be laughing like no but again like I, I don't know i don't know but yeah i think that was one problem i had with it like the, the translation and changes that like derek had a serious bipolar disorder and that was kind of like overlooked in the film i don't know how they would have translated of course but like that's a very serious disorder and a lot of people suffer from that and also like his crazy behavior explains why he was acting like that of course um and yeah like you said with the ending with the gun or the hotel scene it was changed but like you said it was more interesting it also hit home like a sort of the little theme of the male perception of women and strippers at that point um sort of how like the guy was kind of about to like try and take ownership of Zola at that point. And he also had that sort of suspenseful moment of like Zola essentially hasn't been trapped or has had sex with anyone else other than her boyfriend in the movie. So you kind of had that like, Oh my God, like is this terrible act going to happen? And along with that too, it's, it's great to see that they didn't have any scenes, triggering scenes of rape or sexual abuse in that point. It was very, very, like, tastefully done, essentially. Not tastefully done, but, like, it was done in the point of, like, where it wouldn't, you know, trigger or hurt someone that watches that film that has experienced that sort of traumatic event. Um, I thought that was really cool. And I, and even with, like, that scene being uncomfortable, it was quickly stopped by X's action of taking the gun out and shooting him, essentially. Um, but, yeah, those changes were... Well, some change. <laughs> those changes are kind of small, but also kind of big. Um, but I didn't have a problem with it, except for the order of things and and how it could have ended essentially. Um, but with that, Carmela, this has been a movie based on a Twitter thread. <laughs> kind of unique. I don't think I've heard of any other movies that that sort of base themselves off of like Facebook posts or IG posts or Twitter posts. It was very unique and very something that's that most likely will probably happen more often, especially with this film and how well this film or how much I like this film. It might affect, um, you know, the the climate of films and how they portray these posts and portray something like this being a goldmine for Hollywood and movies to start making films about um, social media. But in your opinion... Do you see these types of films being based off IG, Twitter, FB, Facebook? Um, do you see these films becoming a thing now and becoming something that like a goldmine that Hollywood would see? And along with that, if it is something that you see in the future, what stories do you want to see or like what things do you think could be made into a movie as regards of social media posts? Honestly, yeah. I think after like the inception of this movie coming out i feel like a bunch of other movies um are gonna draw inspiration from you know kind of threads that go viral maybe um or maybe like any maybe anything that goes viral because i feel like that's sort of the the new frontier for like inspo for stories um for hollywood or whatever to draw like draw from um 
because we see like you know stories being rehashed or rebooted and we see stories from like novels or books being made into movies we see tv shows children's cartoons anything being translated into a movie so i feel like this is like a new frontier the digital frontier where you know they'll like start like mining from kind of thing is that a good thing um i think we're gonna see a lot of bad movies (laughs) maybe um this movie was really well done but i feel like we're gonna see a lot of bad movies um that probably won't be you know aesthetically pleasing won't use the sound and the score very tastefully and cleverly um but i i don't know yeah the the stories have to be definitely interesting enough to be made into a movie um i feel like at some point the stories are gonna like become like they're gonna stray very far away from what all like actually happened you know like will definitely be like muddled and you won't really know if that was true or not um so yeah it's tricky i don't know but it's interesting to live in this time live in this age um but yeah what do you think about this potential new trend of like movies or stories like you said, there are going to be a lot of bad movies. And even like if it's based off a, a social media post, it will be highly dramatized and highly like off the script, essentially. Um, and I'm, I was thinking about it too while you're talking. Like, I'm glad that Zola was essentially the first movie that sort of did this because Zola really set the bar high now. Like, all these movies have to do as good as that. Otherwise, it's like you're, no, you're not even in the running for this. Like, Zola like really topped it off really nicely and then like now these movies have to be better than that or at least the same level because like if not we're just going to keep thinking of Zola as the best you know social media film in that sense um and I'll I'm going to put on my boomer cap a little bit I think like these like social media posts turning into movies isn't the best idea especially when it comes to Hollywood um I'm just thinking of like the perception it may have with with these old directors or these directors that think they could make something fantastic out of it i feel like it might backfire for most of it um not to mention when it comes to these sort of um source material that's that's unique and not and not unearthed to hollywood and stuff like that it becomes very very rapid it becomes very very popularized it becomes like almost like every movie that comes out every week is going to become this sort of media post i don't know that might not happen but like usually when and things like this happen i think when Zola came out, um, or the trailer came out, it was trending, I believe, and a lot of people were talking about it, and also just, like, praising the fact that, like, they had actually Zola in it, or Zola producing it, overseeing it, um, not to mention this is, like, a black director, it was, uh, a black story, and, and it was very, very unique in that sense, and they really, really stuck to the source material, and obviously, I could see, like, if these sort of things happen, obviously, Hollywood, or whoever is going to do these movies will probably just steal, you know, they won't even like ask this person what happened in the story or their perspective of it, or the author of like these media posts will not even get credit for it. And that was the one thing I was very stoked on is that like Zola, the person that made these tweets, that is someone that is black and is also um, a dancer in that sense was getting the money from this movie. And I was like very excited about that. I was like very stoked. That was the first thing I was very happy about. Like this woman's getting her coin. Yes, queen. (laughs) Um, And I can't believe I said that, but um, I'm just really happy that she was, (laughs) 
<laughs> right? I was like, why did I even say that? Um, but I'm glad that like she got, she gets her money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm glad she gets her money. I'm glad uh, Janiza gets her money and like, and she really does deserve it. I honestly, Janiza, Taylor Page, um, most of the actors and actresses in this film deserve better roles. I hope they get more acting roles. I hope Janiza gets more movies made. Cause damn, Janice was so good in the, like, directing this. Like honestly, I'm still like very mind blown. Still very much fangirling over how she made this film. But yeah, I think um, I hope I see her in more movies. I hope I see people on Twitter if they do make amazing stories. I hope they do get their credit. I hope they do get um, sort of uh, a, a sort of production role, producer role, and overseeing these tweets or media posts. But yeah. Um, who knows if like Hollywood catches on and tries to do it, but Zola, great movie, fantastic movie, honestly, so good from our Lord and Savior, uh, A24, done it again. Um, shout out to Janiza, shout out to Zola, shout out to the actors and actresses, Taylor Page, everyone that did this movie, everything was fantastic. Um, and I just love seeing things like this, things that are so unique and so, um, so almost like a, a black sheep of, Hollywood films and films in general that you see these unique stories pop up and not to mention like minorities getting this chance to tell their story, getting their chance to direct and make these films and get their coin like they deserve to. Um, but yeah, this has been our episode on Zola. My name is Josh Landicho and you can follow me on Instagram at the space wolf. And I'm Carmela and you can follow me at Catmella O. And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. If any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, or anything of that nature, especially on Twitter and Instagram, that helps out a lot too. Um, we also have a program on Anchor called Listener Supporter, which lets you subscribe any dollar amount, only if you're able to, obviously. That would help us out a lot as well. But with that, thank you all for listening, everybody, and keep on watching for amazing twitter facebook instagram threads that may be movies and hopefully they do it right (laughs) that was really long (laughs) (laughs) you want to hear a story about how me and this bitch here fell out it's kind of long but it's full of suspense